Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Doc Coyle, host of the X-Man Podcast and part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. The X-Man Podcast is where I talk to professionals in the music world and other creative industries about the challenges and transitions of leaving monumental ventures. This podcast is for those passionate and driven 20 to 30-somethings at a crossroad trying to figure out what's next. Listen and subscribe at jabberjawmedia.com.
All right, guys, Sorry, I got Zach Blair on the on the line here uh, from Rise Against and the Draculas, and he wants to talk to you guys about the new Draculas record that came out last Friday. So take it away, Zach. How's it going, Dewey? Thank you so much for having me oh, again. Um, the show is great, and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so um, in the midst of all this craziness, uh, we're just trying, just trying to stay productive, turn this into a positive thing. Um, and the Dracula's record, it's um, my project with Mike Weeby from the Riverboat Gamblers, uh, one of my closest friends here in Austin, Texas, that we've been working on for quite some time now. We have a few releases, but we have a new record that's out. It's called Terminal Amusements, and it's on Dynalone Records, and it came out last Friday, and I couldn't be more proud of it. So please, if you, you know, you go anywhere that you get your music and check it out. We also have Pink Vinyl that you can get from the uh, Dynalone website and merchandise and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, and once, you know, everybody gets to go ahead to get the fuck out of their houses, uh, the band will be touring and working and doing a whole lot of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited about it. Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much. And, and we're going to have Mike on the show as well, and we'll, we'll dig more into the Dracula's record and the Dracula's as a whole. But... Uh, yeah, dude, I, I, absolute friend of the show, and, and thanks for the kind words, too. So definitely go check out the Dracula's Absolutely. new record on Spotify and hit up Dynalone for that vinyl. Thank you so much, Dewey. Right on, brother. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing more great content week after week. This week, we have an interesting crossover episode between my buddy Chris and I's podcasts. So Chris hosts the uh, that one time on tour podcast, and I host Peer Pleasure, as you know. And he flew out to Oregon before all this COVID nineteen stuff came out. Uh, it was still just kind of on the cusp, and he flew out to Oregon to visit some family. And we got together at the house here and headed out to the garage and did a uh, a cool little crossover episode where we just had a conversation between the two of us. No one was really leading; it was just kind of a see where it goes kind of thing, like usual. And I think it came out pretty good. So check out that One Time on Tour podcast uh, if you haven't yet, or maybe when you finish this episode, you'll know more about Chris if you don't already. But Chris was a guitar player in the Ataris and a bunch of other bands, um, and he started his podcast a little bit after I did, and we've been kind of throwing ideas and and uh, things back and forth to each other, so it was pretty cool. So uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, let's get some business out of the way before we jump in. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. Uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me. Um, you know, I answer all my mail, shoot me something, uh, guest suggestions, you know, any of that stuff. Um, and I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. Uh, sponsors, we have Liquid Death. Liquiddeath.com is the uh, website. They are a water company, they can water. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have been to Warp Tour, you've had the Monster Tour water, kind of along the same lines, but much better. And uh, so check out liquiddeath.com. Uh, they sent some cases over to the show, and they've been delicious. There's just a regular water, and then there's sparkling water. Um, I know they sponsor Chris's show as well. They've done a bunch of stuff with Fat Records, and uh, you'll see that on Instagram. I think they're doing some stuff where if you buy uh, using a code, the bands that they're sponsoring will get half the proceeds during this time. So I know everyone's having a rough time being at home and, and uh, being quarantined, but I think it gives us all a good chance to think about things and see what's actually important, who's essential. Um, you know, we're all essential, but seeing what jobs some people kind of shit on uh, that are really saving the day right now. 
So I think it's gonna uh, it's gonna bring forth a, a little restructuring. I think once this is all over. So keep your head up, uh, stay healthy, stay home, uh, and we'll get through this, guys. So uh, once again, thank you so much for coming back week after week. Let's get into my episode with Chris Swinney from that one time on tour. Sitting in Dewey Halpas's garage in Portland, Oregon. Welcome home. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode. Uh, I'm on vacation in Oregon. Dewey and I were able to <clears throat> get together. Podcasters unite. Mm-hmm. Jabberjaw Media <laughs> network mates <laughs> hanging out on the couch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Dewey, what's going on, man? Dude, I am. I, I have never recorded at my house ever. That's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I do the intro outros here. Yeah. But especially in the garage, it's actually warm in here now. It was uh, usually bone chillingly cold. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we put some carpet down uh, the other day in here and it sounds pretty nice. I know we're going to hear some dogs barking probably, but yeah. that's all yeah. part of it. We're man. in a tight neighborhood, but uh, yeah, stoked to see you, man. Well, I'd also like to give a shout out to Mark Cleaver. He is my my buddy who's been driving me around Oregon. So uh, say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> Mark was really cool. Like uh, I am on my, one of my last episodes, I talked to Josh from The Beautiful Mistake, and I said, hey, I'm going to be in Corvallis. And he's the one person in Corvallis that actually listens to my show. So thank you, Mark, very much for being my chauffeur and my tour guide while I'm out here. <laughs> but so Dewey... Uh, I would like to know, you know, we've known each other for a while now, uh, kind of been intermingled between the podcasts and helping each other out and everything. Mm-hmm. How did you decide that podcasting was a thing that you wanted to get into? Uh, well, it was, it was literally just a conversation uh, I had with my wife where I, I was saying I wanted to be creative still and I wasn't going to tour, but I know a lot of people and and wanted to just stay connected yeah so i was like i've been listening to these like podcast things at work because i have the podcast app on my phone what was some of the first ones that you actually checked out well ironically it was the chris rowe episode with uh mike herrera oh okay i don't remember how i found it it may have been facebook or something that he posted he was doing a podcast 
I was like, what the hell's a podcast? So I'll go check it out. And we were doing finish work in this uh, high rise. And so everyone had their own little cart going from room to room. And you could have music at that point. Most construction sites, you can't when it's like crazy busy because someone's going to get hurt and you're not yeah. going to be able to hear it. So, um, yeah, put that on. I was like, I could do this like this. <laughs> Did you have any like experience as far as like I worked in radio in college. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I could do like the. Did you know you could win a free grill? Sign up for the three WO digital. <laughs> I didn't want to do that voice, but I had some experience doing radio. So to me, yeah. it felt sort of natural. Sure. Did you feel like it was kind of weird at the beginning? No, no. I my dad did radio for a little while. Um, he, talking to people is a natural thing for me. Yeah. Like I, people always like in school, he talks too much. Blah blah blah. <laughs> He's distracting other class members, people at work. Like he talks too much. Like, um. It's just something I can could do, you know, and it's something I used to do on tour. Yeah. I would go hang out in a bus for the air conditioning, but have a conversation with who I was with, you know, like warp tour in a van. You wish you would have so, recorded some of those. Yeah. <laughs> but it's too. funny because the guys in the band were always like, why are you just fanboying out all over the place? And I'm like, cause I'm a fan of these people. Yeah. Like I'm now in the, the zone. I'm going to take advantage of this and meet everybody I can. And now when I have the show, they're like, how the hell did you get so-and-so? You remember when I was hanging in the bar? Like, yeah. Networking, man. Networking, yeah. Yeah, they tried to play it cool and let the people come to them. I, I was, I was like, never like that. that. Yeah. I, I always, that's how I get some people too, because when I was on tour, I, w- I made it a point to at least, I tried not to fanboy out. I did. And anybody listening to this knows that I fanboy out on the show even. Yeah. But yeah, you have to, I wouldn't even call it networking, but if I'm in that situation and I'm meeting my heroes, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I take the time to try to insert myself into their life (laughs) at some (laughs) place? It sounds so perverse. It does, but it's, you know. I am going to enter your life, <laughs> whether you like it or not. So, you know, the running joke on my show with a lot of my listeners is that I am a fanboy when I get people on the show like Chris from Propaganda or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great conversation, but I also let them know <laughs> that I am a huge fan. Yeah. Have there been some people that you've interviewed that you not only have been a little like, you know, freaked out, well, I'm talking to this person, but mm-hmm. are there interviews where you feel like you did fanboy out more? Cause when I listen to your show, I feel like you're a little more calm and collected than I am. Yeah. When I, when I talk. Well, that's because I, to deal with the anxiety, I try to strip people down to their basic roots to make them real. Yeah. Cause then the anxiety goes away. That first, like I'll have, I have anxiety on every guest. Like I, before because i like i want to be good but like we were talking about at lunch like what's the worst that can happen you don't put it out yeah no one knows and i've only had it, a, i've know? only had a couple that i haven't put out and those have just been people that i could tell the publicist publicist or whoever wanted them to mm-hmm. do it they did it but they didn't want to hang out they didn't want to talk and i could tell that i'm like ah screw you man we're yeah. done you know yeah have you had that happen once, but it was it was weird too because we set it up and it was and I, I talk about this all the time because it's literally the only time it's happened. Yeah, which makes me feel a lot better about things. But it was like, hey man, do you want to do this podcast I'm starting? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, we've been buddies from studios and stuff down in L.A. and and uh, comes on. We set up and anything I asked, and that's what I was still asking questions. Like I had a list of questions. I was kind of figuring it out, and I'd ask him a question. He'd be like, well, yeah, like. <laughs> instead of expounding upon it 
he would just be like, well, yeah. 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 Well, exactly. Or it was like, okay. So I'm struggling through this. And after about 20 minutes, I was like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> and I put it out still. It's yeah. out there. I'll let people figure out what episode it is, but <laughs> it's a short one and it was from a long time ago. So it's um, the Johnny five episode. There's some, there's some dreadlocks maybe in oh, on the picture and a guitar dreadlocks. But, uh, I think I know who it is. Yeah. I think you do as well. But, uh, yeah, you'll hear it. I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's call it good. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was never interviewed a ton myself. Yeah. Even touring, like we do interviews and then I wouldn't say a whole lot because it wasn't normally something I was necessarily into. Like I went back and watched some from when you were in the Ataris and you looked really uninterested in some of those interviews. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, cool. And, but the interviews were like, tell me how the tour is going. Tell me yeah. about this. And it's just like, see, I, uh, I, I just want to eat dinner. I lead off with some stuff like that sometimes, but I don't make that the focus. Sure. Like, of course, I want to know how's the tour. It's it's like an icebreaker, but then you do interviews where that's the interview. Yeah. Like, and some <laughs> some of those interviews that you're talking about, which they're all on YouTube. If anybody wants to check it out, just do. There's some really good ones. <laughs> well, it's like, there's one interview where Brian, my old bass player and I, we actually talked about it, which was fun. We interviewed the kid that was interviewing us. We uh -huh. kind of flipped it on him. Yeah. But then there's some interviews where I'm just like, yeah, the guy the guy treats you like, oh well, you're not Chris Rose, so I'm gonna ask you dumbass questions. I'm like, yeah. dude, I can be a prick, like, and I will be a prick to you. <laughs> there was one guy that said something about, like, he wanted to see me naked, like Blink One Eighty Two, and he was like trying to make a joke, and I was just like, man, I'm gonna kick your ass, dude. Like, <laughs> just shut up. Like, dude. ask me the dumb question you came to ask, and then yeah. leave. But see, I go the opposite way, and I would try to make it really fucking weird. And I'll try to get inside their head and yeah. and dismantle them from the inside. Well, I mean, being in a band where the only person in the band that they want to talk to is the front man and the front man hates doing interviews. So he always Been says, there, bro. go do an interview. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, I'll go do an interview because I want to be that guy. But yeah. when all the questions are about the other guy, you start to get like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. What know. was it like when Chris Rowe was handing out demo tapes to everyone? Well, I wasn't there, so I don't well, know. Well, yeah, and I was like the fifth guitarist. Yeah. So, like, they'd ask me questions about when Chris got signed by Joe from the Vandals when he handed Like, mm -hmm. dude, I've heard the story as many times as you have, but I was fucking going to high school. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what happened back then. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. John never used to uh, order at restaurants like McDonald's. He'd have to have Zach order for him. But then everyone wants to talk to him because he's writing everything, you yeah. know, and that's the thing too. Like, um, I have, like with Coheed, Coheed, for example, this is nothing against anybody in Coheed, but like talking with Josh Eppard from Coheed. Yeah. One of the most interesting interviews I've ever had in my life. That was a great episode. Of course, everyone goes wanting Claudio. Claudio doesn't like doing interviews and he has very little to say. And Josh will tell you the first thing. Like he's like, Claude does not like doing interviews, yeah. but everyone wants to talk to him because he's kind of that creative force. A lot of times that's not the most interesting person. No. And I am so glad that I interviewed Josh instead of Claudio because Josh had stuff to say and we yeah. had fun. It wasn't like trying to just pull out all these you know, one-liners from somebody who happens to be creative in one medium, you know, uh, that doesn't want to talk. Like, don't talk then. Fine. I'll do someone else. Well, that's why, like, you know, you had Josh. I had Travis mm -hmm. on my show. And... Travis and I go way back. I go way back with a lot of those guys, even Claudio. Yeah. But I knew in my mind, like 
I might hit up Claudio in the future. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I knew that, and I, you had just had Josh. Yeah. So I didn't hit up Josh. I was like, (laughs) Travis is a funny guy. He's got stories for days. Yeah. So I was like, who would you rather hear on a pod? I mean, I love Claudio. Don't get me wrong. I think Mm -hmm. he's a genius, but Travis had so many stories and that's why I kind of went that route. And I understand what you're saying. Like Chris Rowe has been on my show. I love him. He's one of my good friends. Yeah. And I understand when someone like is at Warp Tour and they want to talk to the Ataris, they don't want to talk to me, mm-hmm. but they get me. So if you get me, maybe don't ask me 90 questions about Chris Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's Shout the out thing. to Chris that's... Rowe. He listens all the time. So. Oh, yeah. Him and I have been in touch, too. He was uh, he was going to come on before he went to Europe, I think, and then it yeah. didn't work out. I don't know. We'll connect at some point. Yeah. That's one thing I've learned from podcasting is – there's a list of people you want to get. There are. Yeah. If you look at, say you get that whole list and say you've done 150 episodes, there's 10 people on that list. You look back at all your episodes and say you got all 10 of them. Most likely none of them are going to be on your top list. Yeah. They don't stay on that top list. It's like, I would love to talk to this person because they had this huge influence over what I've been doing or whatever, but they may not be the most interesting people in the world. It's just like, Oh man, that's a huge get. Yeah, they they write great music, but maybe they're not the best conversationalist, you know, yeah. and maybe or, this person from down the road is. And you know, as well as I do, that you have that list of people you want mm-hmm. and maybe you have correspondence with them and they, if they say no, or if it doesn't work out, it normally does down the road at some point. Like mm-hmm. when I was first getting into this and someone would say yes, but then we'd reschedule, I'd be freaked out. Like, oh, I'm not going to get them ever again. But mm-hmm. it always seems like if you just consistently put out episodes that people you wanted, they end up coming to you eventually, or it works out eventually, even with us hanging out today, we Mm -hmm. didn't think it was going to happen and it happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Especially like weekends for me are, are a nightmare just because there's so much going on usually. Um, and I've been so busy the last few that I've really been not neglecting my children, but I haven't been here like yeah. last weekend I had a four day weekend and I was gone every single night with a different thing, whether it was a podcast or a show or both. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dan, Dan Sanchez and I did an episode the other night from equal vision. Okay. And he doesn't do interviews. So wow. It was like his first deal. He's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm gonna do it with you. And I was like, man, I appreciate that. Went to his hotel. We did our thing. Cause last time he was in town, we went and talked for like three hours. We didn't record it. Cause it was all a lot of insider stuff. Um, but we were talking about like, I'm glad it happened now. Yeah. You know, like I reached out to him two years ago and he's like, yeah, it's not really my thing, but I'll let you know if something changes. I've had a lot of people like less that. less to talk about yeah. back then. You know, I'm glad it's like a force, like you want it so bad. You're like, fuck, I want to talk to, you know, James Hetfield from Metallica. <laughs> fuck yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, uh, he has to cancel. Okay, great. Three years go by. Hey, you want to do that podcast still? Man, I'm glad it's happening now. You know, it's like yeah. this forced... Uh, patience because you don't have it you know you want it now and but then you think about why do you want it now what do you what what do i get from uh having james hetfield on my podcast yeah it's cool but what's the difference between having my neighbor andrew on the podcast yeah he's done some cool shit like what is it about it that yes james is a great musician and very influential but why do I care if he's if I want to spend you know an hour talking? Why do I care what he has to say? Yeah, I like his music. Do I care what he has to say? I don't know. 
that's the thing. Like it's it's just this weird thing that podcasting is so huge now. I still don't understand why. Like it's still it, and I like listening to them, and I love doing it. It seems like I mean I understand the the conversational aspect of it and being a fly on the wall, but it also with technology going the way that it's going and and everything becoming video oriented or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like it's weird that this kind of like DIY talk radio thing has become as big as it has. Yeah, but I love talk radio. One of the things I didn't like about it was how political it was, whether you lean left or right or whatever. It just seemed like it was always skewed, even if it was an entertainment-based talk radio show. Mm -hmm. And with podcasting, that can kind of become the norm as well. But I tend to keep my politics out, and I don't really... Like when uh, Chris Number 2 from Anti-Flag was on, Mm -hmm. of course there was some political talk, because that's kind of... you know We talked about other stuff as well, but they're a political band. That's kind of their M.O., but I try to not have my show go down that path just because a lot of people that listen to the show have different ideas mm-hmm. and I don't want them to think, Oh, I'm not going to listen to that because they're left or they're right, you know? So, sure. But that's one of the reasons why I talk radio. I loved it, but it didn't speak to me because I got sick of the ads. I got sick of the, that's the hundred percent for me, the yeah. commercials. I fucking hate the commercials. They're constant. And now they have the talk radio hosts do the reads live. Yeah. So you don't even know you're listening to a commercial. You think they're expounding on a on a subject, and then it's like, wait a minute, was Susie's organic mustard? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? So I stopped listening to it, and uh, I yeah, I had Chris number two on as well, and we went dark, like we went yeah. deep. I've listened to that episode that yeah. I don't talk about on the show, which is like personal family shit. But there was so many similarities. I was like, I have to mention this. Yeah, like we connected on so many different levels, and you the, had Justin on as well too. Yeah, right? yeah. And he's twice. Wasn't he on twice? No, just once. Okay. He'll be back on in May when they come through town. Okay, cool. We text back and forth now still. He's, he's an awesome dude. Um, but uh, yeah, for, for, uh, politics wise on a show, like I don't talk about it much on mine either, but the reason I don't, I don't, I, I don't agree with how separated everything's become. Yeah. Because now it's, I fucking hate you because you voted for Trump. Yeah. You're an idiot because you voted for Trump. No, I hate that. Like before, when I was growing up, I didn't know much about politics. I didn't either. But I don't ever see my saw my parents fighting with people over who they voted for. Or people, you know, Democrats and Republicans used to, to be able to go out to eat and be friends, yeah, and it didn't but matter. Now it's separate. Like, yeah. a, fuck you. I'm not voting for that person. They're they're a Democrat. Yeah. What the fuck does that matter? Like, you probably agree with some stuff. Like. Yeah. But it, the fact that like Facebook and stuff, like people will delete their friends because yeah. of stuff and people will like go off for 12 different comments. That's what I hate. I don't, I mean, there's things I disagree with politically, but I leave it out of my show for that reason alone is it polarizes people. I want people to feel comfortable. I want my show to be inclusive. inclusive. Yeah. I want my show to be like, you know, okay, you, you just had Zach from uh, Event Sevenfold. No, uh, Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Krause, no, yeah, yeah. No, Zach. Who's Zach? John Seward. We won't use the stage name. <laughs> John, Johnny Christ. Johnny yeah. Christ. But see, the thing is, Event Sevenfold, I've been listening to them since the first Hopeless release, mm-hmm. when it was more hardcore punk, whatever. Yeah. And then they became this big metal rock, whatever they are now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends at home in Indiana that don't listen to punk rock they like them now, but they put them in with like Motley Crue or whoever. Yeah. And these guys are 
you know, fairly right-leaning people. So for me, it's like that band probably has a lot of fans that are of that ilk of the the right-leaning people. Oh, absolutely. So if you have him on a show, whether his politics are left or yours are left or whatever, and then that comes up, I want the people that like that band, no matter if they voted for Trump or who they voted for, to be able to enjoy the show and listen. Sure. So that's, I mean, we have the same idea on that because yeah. everyone has their own political ideas. I think you and I are probably fairly similar in ours. Yeah. Uh, but, and we both come from areas where we probably would be the black sheep. Yeah. Being Alaska, Indiana. I'm sure those Absolutely. are fairly similar. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, cause you probably have friends on Facebook from high school that you look at their shit and you're like, what the hell are you doing? I have ex-girlfriends on Facebook that are like staunch Republican. Yeah. Like I will delete you if you say anything about what and I'm like, really? Do you Since ever like someone, when I say ex-girlfriends, it's not like a, I don't mean it that way. I mean, it's someone I knew intimately yeah. for a long time that I'm now shocked at some of the things that they value now. Yeah. Which is, and which isn't my place to talk about either because, but it's just weird to see it. Like I will delete you if you, you know, it's like, well, something changed. I would like to ask about, I mean, get a little political, I guess, because it's like what I've noticed growing up and this isn't like a, a slam to any of my friends or anything, but mm -hmm. I don't know if it's from touring or because we're creators or what, but, I grew up in a small town, very conservative, very right-leaning. Mm -hmm. As a youth, I was into punk rock and fuck authority, fuck the government, like all this stuff. Yeah. And I kind of, <clears throat> I've never lost that, that part, mm -hmm. even though now I'm older and I know that you shouldn't, you know, break the law and do, sure. and do whatever, but I still have my ideals of I'm not right i'm not really left i'm just kind of i don't like any of it yeah you know what i mean yeah but all of my friends from high school or not all of them i won't say that but a majority of the people from high school that were like me in high school have now kind of changed like you were saying mm -hmm. and they have different values systems and it seems like a lot of them have gone over to the right become more conservative more christian which is totally fine for them. And like I said, no slam to them, but I want to know is the reason I am the way that I am. And I mm -hmm. dress like I did in eighth grade <laughs> and, and I, I still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. got a, I've got a band shirt on. Like yeah. I've, I've the same shout things. out Baroness. Yeah. Shout out Baroness. I, I just, I don't see the disconnect where if, is it because I was on tour for most of my life and developmentally I stopped when I started touring mm -hmm. or was it, I mean, why am I different? And 90% of my friends that used to be like me are now the opposite of what they are. Well, I mean, the things that I think about when, when, when I think about that subject is how many of those friends have been in another country and been yeah. the only person that doesn't speak the language, trying to buy something at a store, trying to find a restroom and been looked at like, you're the fucking idiot who didn't want to learn the language. And even if they do speak it, they're not going to, and they're going to fuck with you. Having that feeling in your stomach and knowing what that feels like, I would absolutely never in my life look at someone who comes up to me and is when I was working in retail and I was having a hard time speaking English, looking for something. Yeah. They're like, come on, asshole. Like, why don't you learn the language? I know what that feels like. 
And I can now empathize with that. You know what I mean? I experienced that. Yeah. Seeing poverty, extreme poverty, seeing how other people are living elsewhere, seeing a country that guns are illegal and yeah. everyone's fucking fine and happy. You know, um, a lot of my friends that are in that boat have not seen the things I've seen. That being said, also being on tour does put you on freeze. It like does. it puts you on freeze developmentally. I feel like I'm still 23. Yeah. You have a life where you don't have to grow up. I've never had an actual job job. Yeah. Like you my only responsible for anything. My only real like salary job where I felt like I had to like be on and do work for other people other than delivering pizzas mm -hmm. when I was in high school mm -hmm. was a corporate entertainment job. Like I, even now I'm teaching guitar. I was, I was on tour. Like I feel like at some point my brain just said, nah, you're not an adult. You're just going to be this for the rest of your life. And I feel like maybe that's why, of course, traveling and, and being cultured and whatever is probably yeah. a, a, a element of it as well. But I don't know, man, because I've got so many of my friends. I still love my friends and I talk to them all the time and I, I hang out with them. But we have such conflicting ideals mm -hmm. on the world. Yeah. And I don't understand where they lost their... <laughs> their punk rockness or whatever you want to call it, you know, like they were never tested. Yeah. Their punk, their punkness was never tested. Yeah. They never went out on their, uh, you know, what I talk about this too on my show, like, uh, like the, the leaving for Europe for tour with 20 bucks in my pocket. <laughs> Maybe it was 30 bucks. I've heard that story and a lot. Back yeah. yeah. With about the same amount, but I was going halfway across the world. Yeah. No idea what's going to happen, but you find out what you're made of. You find out, you find out so much about yourself and your, your, uh, values are tested. Your, your ideas are tested on the road. You know, can I really just be nice to people and things happen for you? Yes, you can. You know, when I didn't have five bucks for a waffle house breakfast or whatever, but Hey, we were really nice to the waitress and she, she, you know, comped us. Or whatever, you know, just the, the best advice I ever got was just to be nice to people. Treat everyone nicely and see where that gets you. My buddy Aaron Edge, like still to this day, I told him on my show that I still carry that with me, you know. But that, that got us so far where we weren't. It didn't matter if that waitress voted for Trump. Yeah. Like, who fucking cares? Like it's it's crazy how we classify people like that. Like that's yeah. you're a Trump supporter. You voted for whoever that's who you are. No, you're a father. You're a, you know, so many other things. You just, I asked a guy at work the other day, uh, cause I work in plumbing. So like we have a lot of Trump supporters that yeah. work for it and they are proud. Like I will fit financially support him, whatever he needs, you know, to keep these people out of whatever. Like, it's really weird to be who I am in where I am. Um, but I actually asked him, I'm like, do you really just like Trump? Or do you like the idea of Trump? What does it for? And they're like, well, I guess it's more the idea of Trump. So it's not like you're a fan of him. Like you watched every episode of The Apprentice. You know, you know everything about this. You're a fan of what he represents. Yeah. And then that kind of cleared things up too. I was like, okay, well, I can see that. Okay, now we can move forward. Like it's also weird to me that you live in Portland and you found found the found this found this minus microcosm of people that dude construction. <laughs> there was a dude who actually wore a Trump hoodie. Trump 2020 yeah. hoodie to work that inspired some, some people as well. Like, cause there's, I mean, there's a few people out there that are pretty outspoken about it. Are you enjoying the show? 
If you are, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Throw us a five-star rating or a review. We really appreciate that. It helps the show out big time. So like I said, if you are enjoying the show, head on over and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you. I would but think I if he wore that in like Portland, people would probably yeah. give him a lot of shit. Yeah. That's the one spot he could probably wear it was on that construction site. Well, and I'll tell you, just being in Oregon for the last week, I mean, down south, Corvallis, Salem, kind of Eugene area, mm-hmm. going into a gas station to buy cigarettes. And normally in Indiana, people see me and my tattoos and they like clench their purse. Mm-hmm. And the 70-year-old woman that checked me out of the gas station yesterday, like, your tattoos are beautiful. Like, yeah. it seems like everyone's way more chill, maybe more accepting out here, which I really like. Yeah, it's I mean, interesting. There's also the joke about merging lanes, how it takes a mile to merge in Oregon. <laughs> I just kind of into there instead of L.A. or Seattle. Yeah. It's like, pew, 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 Well, know? I had a guy, I went to... uh Mark took me to a store the other day. It was closed, but then I went back this uh, music store in Corvallis and he was, the owner was talking to me and he was like, you know, since marijuana has been legalized, Mm -hmm. the the people drive slower. Yeah, quite possibly. (laughs) He's like, everybody used to drive slow, but it was at least manageable. He's like, now Mm -hmm. it takes you an hour to turn right. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like an asshole. If you spend any time in Seattle driving and then you come back here or like, I'll drive to Seattle for the weekend and come back. I feel like an asshole, just like swerving in yeah. and out of people. Like, what are you doing? Get out of my way. So you were talking about being kind to people. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tangent, but I have an actual like aha kind of big moment that made me realize I was a prick on tour. Not to people that like the band, but yeah. just in general, I'm, I sort of have more of an East Coast attitude, if you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. I do. And uh, we were on tour one time. I think this was the Ataris. It could have been another band. It's blurry for me. But we were driving home from a tour date at the end of a tour. It was a really long drive. The whole tour, homeless people and bums had been accosting me and asking me for smokes Mm -hmm. and asking me for money. And nothing against that. But it just, it seemed like I'd been on the road a lot and that tour, it was the bum tour. It was like, no matter where I went, they seek me out and wanted to talk to me and wanted money or wanted something. And we'd been driving for about 20 hours. It was probably five in the morning and we stopped in Cincinnati to get gas and we were almost home. And uh, I was smoking a cigarette with Brian, my bass player. And... (laughs) This guy walks over and I wasn't really looking at this guy, but I could see if, you know, you could feel somebody coming towards you. Mm-hmm. He's coming towards me and he goes, Hey, and I went, no, you can't have a fucking cigarette. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he goes, and then I, and then after I said that, I kind of looked at him and he has a three piece suit on mm-hmm. and he goes, I just wanted to borrow your Jack. I got a flat tire. Mm-hmm. And I felt like an asshole And of course I went and grabbed the Jack. I even helped him change the tire. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on your idea of being kind entered into how, cause I mean, like I said, if people wanted autographs or like the band, I was always the most hospitable, nicest guy in the world, but other people that maybe weren't involved with the tour, I was kind of a prick. Yeah. And ever since that day, cause I, I, I know that that guy, he just needed help. 
Mm-hmm. And of course I help people. It was just, I was so burnt out on people asking me for stuff on that tour that I just snapped judgment was a total asshole to him. And it made me rethink my entire way of being mm-hmm. with people. So I totally understand where you're coming from, from that. And I changed, I, I 180, man. Yeah. I was different. You well, know? We all have, we all have moments like that. You know, that's one thing where, I mean, that Herrera was after, that was after I knocked out the crust punk in Saskatoon for pissing on my trailer. So nice. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we had some funny trailer stories. Um, oh my God. But we, but we'd have guys like try to park our van, you know, they pull up, we pull up to the shelter in Detroit. Right. And, and there'd be three dudes trying to help us park our van. Yeah. And then they, of course they wanted a shirt or something. They don't want money. They just know you're a band. Like, do you have a shirt? Fuck yeah. You can have a shirt. <laughs> like who cares? You know, one thing touring really does for you is teaches you how to uh, empathize with someone who's homeless yeah. because you are homeless. You're de- technically You're homeless. living in your van. Maybe they have that whole van to themselves. You don't. Yeah, yeah. You have fucking six guys in there. It's even more fucking crazy. But um, that's one thing I always empathize that way. And I would have moments where, like, now I'll get off work and I'm fucking tired and someone will hit me up for money. I was like, oh, man, do you have any changes? One time I was like, do you? <laughs> I just worked fucking 60 hours this week and I have three fucking kids. They would love an extra buck 50 if you yeah, have it. Yeah. What'd you do today? You know, but then I'm like, fuck man, maybe that guy can't work. Maybe yeah. he can't, you know, not everyone has the same opportunities. Well, you know? I, and not, not everyone will seize those opportunities. Well, see, and I, I have a lot different perspective on that now. Cause I remember being on tour, uh, in like San Francisco and going to like the pier, my Monterey and all that. And you mm-hmm. walk down and you see, people that are like playing guitar or whatever. And they have their signs like, you know, don't let me and my dog starve. I, I, I remember there was this guy who had like a $900 Persian cat and his sign was like, don't let me and my cat starve. And I'm like, sell your fucking cat. Yeah. <laughs> but then that was before I had my epiphany and I became a nicer person, yeah. you know, that cat might be all he has. Yeah. It's you know? like, if you've got like a, a, the cat, my mom has wanted her whole life, but couldn't afford and you're homeless. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't have the $900 cat, but I don't know his situation. Yeah. I don't know his story. That's the know? thing. Don't, don't, you don't know anyone's that you, you don't know the burden they're carrying. Yes. You have no idea. And that's why I'm sure random murders happen and everything else because someone's ready to fucking snap. You know, it's like those guys that what's the what's the cliche that guys say to women all the time? Smile. Or you know, <laughs> smile. You smile. You know, and they fucking hate that because it's offensive, you know, yeah. like just like, but you know, you never know what someone's carrying, you know? You never you'd never know. Do and you so, feel like through the podcast you've become more empathetic with people because of hearing yeah. different stories and whatnot? Absolutely. I think I've I've expanded or expounded upon my initial, you know, philosophy, I learn, I learn something new every podcast pretty much, yeah. uh, if not a couple things and I leave it inspired. So if I go into it with anxiety and nerves and like, fuck, like what, what am I going to talk about? Cause I don't go into them prepared. Like I just, I just go. And, uh, so like, what if I run out of something to talk about? What if I just have a brain fart and, and, <laughs> or what if they say something profound and I don't catch it? Yeah. That's happened, that's happened to me weird. before. Like, oh, yeah, cool. And then well, I was just talking about, you know, like, <laughs> uh, are they going to call me out on it? That kind of stuff. But, like, um, yeah, I learned something, and I'm inspired by every single episode, even just a little bit, some more than others. But, uh, yeah, I, I 
it really helps talking to people, just having a conversation with another adult, um, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, coming with ideas of new things on, on the podcast. I, you know? I feel like before I started podcasting, my conversations with anyone other than my wife were very limited. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like, I feel like the podcast has not only made me more empathetic and, and, and meeting these people and hearing their stories, like you said, yeah. but I also now tend to call people more, mm -hmm. not just shoot a text. Yeah. Like it, it almost like feels like I should be talking and, and Mark, and I want to bring him into the conversation too. The other night. Okay. So Mark hit me up, told me that he liked the show and that we should hang out. I needed some, I needed a friend in Corvallis. Mm -hmm. So when we hung out the other night, we had a wonderful conversation. I don't think we ever stopped talking. And the whole time I felt weird, like I should be recording this because <laughs> this is really good stuff. Like we yeah. were just talking about bands and talking mm -hmm. about everything. And I have that feeling sometimes, which I don't think is normal. Like when I'll just be talking to somebody at work and it'll be a really good conversation. I'm like, should I get my phone out and like hit the voice memo? <laughs> it's kind of like hoarding. Yeah. It's hoarding, hoarding intellectual property. Like it's, it's yeah. Like you're collecting. Well, and it's, I wanted to, weird. I wanted to ask you because I think you tend to backstock a little more than I do, or at least you did. <laughs> I did yeah, to, to that blast. I want to, I want to hear about the blast. Cause you did like an episode every day for two weeks, at least on the weekdays. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Monday through Friday, like work week style. I had so many banked. I was, so I, I like, I like the hunt. I like getting guests, you know, getting people to say yes, you know, and getting them come on. And then I love it when they have a good time. Yeah. And I love it when they introduce me to other people. That's what's been happening a lot lately as a past guest is like, here's like six other people you should talk to. And I could connect you with any of them. And I'm like, okay. Did, didn't uh, Finch, uh, what's the guy from Finch? Randy. Randy hooked you up with a lot of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he listens to the show and I told him he can come on anytime. He's like, dude, I do not want to have a conversation recorded because I will go some weird <laughs> spots, which I respect because he's a, he's a weird dude. And yeah. I, I've always appreciated that about him like he, and it, he nicknamed himself r2k like yeah. that's what he's like in my phone that it's it's r2k when i get a text so it's so funny because like getting uh uh like nate from finch right yeah, like yeah. i've been a fan of finch for a long time i reached out to his wife because she had commented on something on the on the podcast she listens to it all the time at work and so she got nate on board then randy you know of course heard it through there and and anyway but he hooked me up with a bunch of people and we throw ideas back and forth and demos and stuff and, and kind of connected that way. It's just interesting to where it, where it ends you up. But anyway, the blast, I had 21 episodes done, like ready. Were any of them time sensitive? Cause you know, as well as I do no. with some publicists, they're like, well, the album comes out in three weeks and yeah, none of them are time sensitive. Okay. And I was like, man, these are really becoming less relevant just yeah. because even though they're not time sensitive, you're talking about current events and things that happened, you know, and you're two months in and it's like, yeah. probably should put this out there. And I'm like, I keep doing this once a week. And, uh, yeah. So we just, we just decided to put out an episode every day, uh, Monday through Friday, the first two weeks of February and knock 10 of them down. Did you feel like the like consumer, like the consumption of the episodes went up, down? Was it hard for most of your listeners to keep up? Like, was there a difference in numbers? No. Okay. I thought there might be a drop just because people couldn't catch up. Too much content. But, right? I mean, once a day for five days, and that gives you the weekends to catch up if you want. Yeah. And 
I mean, I wasn't really concerned about that either. I was like, if people want the content, they'll listen oh, to it. Yeah. And my other th- concern was maybe there, it was a varied group of people that were on those 10 episodes. Yeah. So I was like, maybe people won't listen to all of them because they already have the next one. Yeah. You know? But then I was like, well, who cares? Like, let them listen to what they want to listen to. It's not like I'm forcing it upon people. I just want to make sure I'm doing right by the people that gave their time to come on, you know? And I mean, I know that maybe I look at numbers a little more than you do. I know we've talked about that. And it's not that I'm like, I got to get more numbers. I'm not like that. I just, I'm really weird and kind of obsessed with when I had a band, it was how many MySpace plays are we getting? You know, Mm -hmm. like just that kind of stuff. When you put out that much content, I think that's wonderful because one of the biggest things with my show is that I'll put out a big guest, the episode will blow up. And then a lot of people will say, I found you through so-and-so I've listened to all your episodes. So I have like some weeks it's just normal kind of flat, mm-hmm. whatever I'm going to get what I'm going to get. And then some weeks I have a big guest and some of those people that like that guest, like some of my other guests. So one, one time I looked at my numbers and for some reason I had 2000 listens on a Sunday mm-hmm. and it was because people went back and listened to the backstock. So if you have that many episodes, I think eventually it's going to be a wonderful thing for that. Cause it's just more yeah. content. Just, I mean, cause I put out an episode and then I forget about it. Mm-hmm. But when people find the podcast, like me, when I find a podcast, I like, I go through the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I always forget about that. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, well, I did the Eddie from thrice episode two years ago, but someone just listened to that. Cause they mm-hmm. liked whoever was on the show last week. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that, that you probably get more downloads than I do per episode anyway but the the fact that i have 140 episodes or whatever yeah. and you're almost to 100 yeah puts us close on the charts because yeah. the amount of plays is is sta- not staggered but it's more level playing field because i have more episodes but you have more downloads so yeah. it's like a i think that's what puts us so close together on the charts which is something that i don't i mean i don't i rarely none of that look stuff at the matters numbers, but like <laughs> it's who's listening you know like it's it's uh like Matt Carter put it to me, you know, if if you say you got 500 listens a, a week, yeah, which is awesome. Uh, imagine walking out your back door and looking out and there's 500 people there, and like, hey, tell us something, say something yeah. to us. That's huge. You'd yeah. be you'd be shitting your pants if that's happening every week anyway. Like you're there, you know. If there's 50 people, 50 people in your backyard, that's gonna look crazy, and you want to, then they want to hear you talk. You know, say you get 2,000 downloads a week and. 1500 of them are there because you have uh Kurt Cobain on your podcast, right? And 500 are there because they want to listen to what you have to say yeah. and they like you. Those are the people you want. You don't want the 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 trans that transients the wrong word for it, but the the tourists. Yeah. Like you put out a huge episode with a huge guests, you get all these new followers on Instagram, you get the, they're not going to stick around. You told me something. You told me something when I first started podcasting when we first kind of got hooked up and mm-hmm. started talking, which I think we were discussing earlier that we probably played a show together, but yeah, our actual relationship of being friends started because of podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But you told me something in the beginning that has stuck with me. And I think it served me pretty well is that you said you got to get people to like you as a host mm-hmm. because then it doesn't matter who's on your show. Exactly. They're going to come back week in and week out. And I don't know if I consciously did that, but what I consciously did, if you listen to the first few episodes to what's going on now is I've gotten more comfortable 
I've told about my family, which is something you do as well. Mm -hmm. I've talked about what's going on in my life. I've tried to become an actual, like, it's like a conduit from my life to these people that want to, and I want to know about their life as well. Yeah. And at first, when you start doing a podcast, I just felt like, well, I'm just doing this podcast and people just want to hear who is going to be on the show. Yeah. But now I get emails from people that say, like, when my daughter had surgery, I got like 40 emails from different countries from people saying, you know, I'm praying for your daughter. I'm sending good thoughts for your daughter. Yeah. That blew me away. Yeah. Because like, they're not saying, I hope your daughter's okay because they like Lars from Rancid. Yeah. They're saying, I hope your daughter's okay because we listen to your show and we feel like we're friends. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened when my dad died. And I, I, I went on social media with that to kind of just give an update. Cause I went, I took some time off from that. And the outpouring was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, and I, my mom was furious that I was putting pictures up and stuff wow. of him in the hospital. It's like we're we don't put that stuff online. And I was like, look at all these messages that yeah. come from all over the world. It's support this community you know? is great, man. Like, yeah. like I never I never thought about that aspect of it, but when you go through something that's bad. And then you have people that you don't even know from the far reaches of the world mm-hmm. that are telling you like, Hey, I'm here for you. If you need anything, like it makes you feel better. It, it, yeah. it takes some of that stress away. Yeah. I was up in Bellevue, Washington at the hospital. And, uh, there's this dude who's a, also in the trades and he's like, dude, I'm working on that hospital remodel right next door. Do you need like a magazine or something? Like I'll bring you, you need a snack or something. I was like, dude, no, but thanks like that's crazy it's like dude you're always there for a brother you know like um that's one thing like so if you if you think about it uh like joe rogan biggest podcast and this is this is a a, an example but it's not i mean typical but when you listen to someone someone's talking about his podcast they're not like did you hear you know james hetfield on joe Rogan? they said did you hear who was on joe rogan not did you hear James Hetfield on Joe yeah. Rogan? They said, did you hear who was on Joe Rogan? Because people know Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's not, did you hear James Hetfield on, uh, you know, that one time on tour? You know? Hopefully in the future. They Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but people know and like Joe. Yeah. So they listen to the show. That's why he can have whoever he wants on there. He can have Sierra Lynch from Portland here who's been selling her shit online. And when I say shit, I mean actual bags of shit and has two houses in Portland. Like if she's like a fetishist uh, uh, performer and then he can have a Harvard professor on. Yeah. And like he says, if you don't like the episode, just don't listen to it. Yeah. But he's, he's the biggest thing in, in podcasting, but it's people have bought into Joe Rogan. That's the goal is to, is to have that, you know? Well, I'll tell you like when I first, started listening to podcasts and I was listening to your podcast and some other podcasts, mostly music based stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing that I really liked with yours and what resonated with me about your podcast is that you didn't, there was no, like you didn't play a character. I feel like sometimes not name calling or anything, but a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, it seems like they're putting on for the podcast. They're trying Mm to, I don't know, be the cool guy. Yeah. And I never wanted to be that. And I mean, not saying you're not cool. I do think you're cool. You're a friend of mine. <laughs> but I never got that 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 aspect from your show. I never got that you were trying to, you know, be the cool guy. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no point. Like, what? Yeah. That's just another thing to live up to later, you know? Like, why put those constraints on yourself, you know, or those pressures? 
you know, because if you're if, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they're not going to want to talk to you, you know, and if someone doesn't think they want to talk to you and you can make them not make make them the wrong word, if you can, you know, bring them out of their shell. Yeah. By just being yourself. You've done it, you know, you don't have anything else to live up to, you know, that's just kind of a seems like a basic thought. Yeah. You know, because if you if you boast things up or whatever, it, you're going to have to eventually come out with them and be like, well, I was lying or, you know, I don't have this or I don't have that. If you're just real with people then you get real back, you know, and if you don't, you're still being real with them, you know, and when it comes back and they're shown that they're not, you know, they're putting on airs or whatever, you're the one in the clear. You can go to bed at night peacefully. So the future of peer pleasure, I know you've got a lot of guests coming up. We've discussed some guests, which I'm very excited about. Do you have a bucket list of people? I did. I, I mean, I know like uh, myself, I've had a lot of my bucket list. People have been on the show mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's the same for you. Is that an evolving list? Mine sort of is an evolving list because as I get more people on the show, people tend to, you know, pay more attention to the show. And whereas I used to think I had a ceiling on what kind of guests I could get, that ceiling continues to rise. Mm -hmm. So my bucket list gets exponentially bigger, <laughs> you know? No, I don't have a bucket list that's evolving. I had one originally and I've never gone back and edited that. Yeah. I've never marked them off. I haven't, uh, I've got a lot of them. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've never done that. Like I've, I've, I've had an initial start list. So I was like, this would be awesome. Now I get people, like, all, things will come up. I'm like, man, I'd love to talk to that person. You know, so I'll reach out or reach out to someone that knows them or, or just hit them up, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just that part's always evolving. Who I want to talk to. I, do I want to do just musicians? Do I want to do all comedians? Do I want to do actors? Do I want to do authors? Do I want to do, you know, um, I don't think I've been pigeonholed necessarily into just music, but if that's the case and that's where it works, I'm fine with that because music's a huge part of my life. Something I understand. Do you have goals for the show or is it just an evolving thing as far as the show is concerned? Like, is there somewhere you'd like to get to or a listener base or anything like that? Not necessarily. I, I just like doing it and I want to enjoy this still do. I want to, I want always enjoy it. If I'm not enjoying it, I won't do it anymore. Yeah. But I'd love to get to a place where it's covering my bills and I can still work Yeah. and just put that money in the bank. That'd be awesome. I mean, but I just like the fact where I'm at now where I can kind of uh, people at work ask me like, what's, what's it like being in that life? Like, you know, touring and stuff like, man, I can go back anytime. I can go back to that life for a night. I get offers all the time. I just don't, well, not even offers to tour. Like I can go to a show with crazy access oh, yeah, yeah. and live that life for a yeah. night and then go home and sleep in my own bed. That's been really good for me because like I miss being on the road. I miss like that lifestyle, but I also love my kids. I love my wife and I can't imagine being on this trip has given me anxiety. Like I've never been away from my kids for more than 12 hours. Yeah. Now it's been six days and mm -hmm. I'm, I, I video chat, whatever, but it, it's been different. Yeah. But yeah, when like going to do the in-person interviews or even if I just go to a band I like that I know and I get on the guest list and I get to go backstage, like just that little bit of, kind of access yeah scratches that itch for a while and i don't worry about how it used to be you know because i miss it i totally yeah. miss it i know you miss it as well like, well yeah but i mean things like when i was a kid i mean i'm fulfilling dreams i had when i was a kid still like yeah. i mean i did music that was a dream but like 
just like sitting in in fat mike's room and jamming on the bass i watched him play back when i was a teenager like things like that you can't put a price on that kind of thing and and to other people that means nothing yeah they'd be like who gives a shit like you know i'll give you 200 bucks for that bass at a garage sale it's like you know some people would say i'll give you a 10 grand to me those are moments that are priceless to me you know sitting out side of Ozzy's dressing room listening to Ozzy do vocal warm-ups in Mexico City just him and I no one else around something that no one gets to hear I'll have that until I get Alzheimer's you know and can't remember but those things are worth way more than having a consistent paycheck through it you know and the fact that it's still not based on money and it's not based on fame or anything else keeps it real I I feel that podcasting you know, at our level, I guess, and maybe even at a higher level, it is a pure medium because it's well, not, yeah, it's not because you and I both have sponsors and we make a little bit of money off the show, but no one's given us a million dollars. I mean, mm. it's, it's like this thing that you almost have to have a passion for that you want to do. Yeah. Like I'm not doing this podcast cause it's paying my electricity. Like I'm doing this podcast cause I really enjoy doing it. And yeah. if any money comes my way, thumbs up, but if no money comes my way, thumbs up. Like I'm still yeah. doing the same thing. Well, what are your goals with, with that one time on tour? My goal would be to, uh, I would like to legitimize it a little bit more mm-hmm. to where maybe some of the bigger publicists would, instead of saying maybe next time mm-hmm. would actually, cause I mean, there's, mid-level publicists like the guests we get we get some bigger guests but then we get some of those like underground bigger guests where to you and i they're massive Mm -hmm. but to joe public nobody gives a shit yeah i would like to get to one more level up to where i could have some actors like you've had a couple big name actors Mm -hmm. i would like to have access to that i would like to have access to the next level of band up Mm -hmm. where they would actually really take it seriously as opposed to like, cause I mean, I know you've, you've worked with publicists. You've talked to people, you book people just like I do. Yeah. There is that almost like you are almost to a ceiling and then maybe you can break through that ceiling, but there is that next level of publicists that when I get a hold of them, like I was trying to go do post Malone mm-hmm. and his managers, they were super cool and emailed me back three or four times and it seemed like it was going to happen, but it also seemed like they were just being cool and they knew it wasn't going to happen. And then yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. And I wasn't upset about that. It's fucking post Malone, you know, mm-hmm. but I want to get to a point to where I'm a little bit of a bigger player in the industry. Money doesn't matter mm-hmm. to just where those people will take my emails and take my phone calls and not just say, Oh, sounds good. We'll let you know. And then I never hear back from you yeah. again. Just take it a little more seriously. That's the only thing. Sure. Because in my realm and in your realm where most of the people are punk rock, hardcore, emo, metal, whatever, mm-hmm. to where maybe they didn't bust through on the national scene or they are national scene, but they're kind of that second tier, sure. like punk rock type stuff. Yeah. You and I can get pretty much whoever we want, but there is that next level where mm-hmm. we could maybe snag one of those people. Yeah. But maybe it'll take us a lot of effort to snag those people. Sure. I would like to get to where those people would be like, yeah, I've heard of your show. That's cool. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Just like everyone else is like that. But there's that level up, you know? Sure. And that's my only goal. My goal is to just continue to grow. Yeah. 
See, I've got like, I love it when I can send something to a publicist just out of respect that they had no idea was even happening. You know, like a lot of people I get introduced to now are from other guests. So like, like Fugazi, for example, three out of four members of Fugazi have been on the show. I've been introduced to each of them from a member of Fugazi. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'll let me introduce you to so-and-so. Let me do you to so-and-so. And they don't use a publicist or a manager or anything yeah. else, which is, I love. But other things like that. So I'll do a full episode with someone who's massive. And then out of respect, say, hey, this is coming out tomorrow to the publicist. And they're like, wait, what? I've had that too. I love that feeling because it was completely, and they went into it knowing it wasn't a publicist deal, yeah. you know, because it's a whole nother, a ball game. Have it's you had, real. have you had publicists that have told you what topics to steer away from or what topics to talk I've about? I've had publicists on the phone, on the call. I've never had that. I've had them connect me and then stay on the call. Okay. And just to make sure everything's cool. And I respect that. I mean, yeah. they have a, a, that person is paying them. I mean, to that's kind of that. why you have a publicist. Yeah. But I also have had massive people that the publicist didn't even know it was going to happen. And then I sent it to them. They're like, wait, what? Yeah. I thought we said no to this. Well, I didn't, I don't, you're not my boss. You're not their boss. They're paying you. And obviously they wanted to do it and it turned out great. I always feel like when I get a bigger guest that definitely has a publicist, mm -hmm. but we have a relationship yeah. and they say yes, that I'm like, I feel like that's so much more punk rock, mm -hmm. <laughs> so much more DIY is like, I didn't go through this woman that you pay a bunch of money to to set up yeah. your shit and yeah i don't know i always like that a lot because like <laughs> you and i both like you said you don't use publicists as much anymore mm -hmm. i still use them quite a bit but i also have my digital rolodex of people that i'm still pulling from as yeah. well yeah but i always like it better when it's i set it up with the person mm -hmm. and i don't feel like there's as many things to jump through like sometimes the publicists will like set it up and then you're hitting them up a week or two before like, Hey, are we still good? Like you yeah. haven't sent me the number for the person yet. Mm -hmm. I've had it where I've had it like the whole thing booked for a month and the day of the interview, they'll send me an email that says, Oh, sorry, he can't do it. And I'm like, I could have booked somebody else. Yeah. Like my time is kind of valuable, especially for something I don't make money at. Sure. You know? Sure. But they don't understand that. They don't understand it. They think you have like, where do you record? Like where, where's your studio? That's the I one don't thing have too. One. Like, yeah. don't, you know, or what days do you record? What day are they available? Some of the we'll bigger, some of the bigger publicists have, have said okay to somebody, mm -hmm. and then they're like, "What part of L.A. are you in?" Yeah, and I'm like, "What time do they need I'm to be in there? Indiana. We're gonna do it over Skype." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people still don't understand how DIY it really is. Yeah, and people inflate their numbers and try to make things seem better. I mean, you can look at the charts. You know what our numbers are, and yeah. you look where we're at on the charts, and you see people that are far below us on the charts that say their numbers are massive. Yeah. Like you're just trying to get advertising. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I don't like, uh, yeah, I've never sugarcoated that with people if they ask. And like, I don't, I mean, I appreciate everything that I get through this fucking thing. You know, it's really cool. And you know? I don't think some people understand. We were just talking about this earlier. Like, uh, when you have a guest that you think is going to be huge, but maybe they don't fit their fans don't fit that podcast demographic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It might be one of your smallest episodes. Yep. Exactly. And because not everybody listens to podcasts. So you could get, I mean, I don't know if you got, I'm trying to think. So you had bon, John Bon Jovi on your show. Yeah. 
you'd probably get a lot of people because people that like Bon Jovi are probably within that 30 to 60 or whatever mm-hmm. the people that understand what podcasts are. Yeah. If you got, I mean, let's say, say Justin Bieber, you'd probably get a lot just because it's Justin Bieber. But I feel like there are people that would be above him. He might have more fans, but a lot of his fans are younger because I, I teach teenagers. Mm-hmm. And when I tell them to check out my podcast, they're like, what the hell is a podcast? Yeah. And then the older people are like, how do I watch your podcast? Mm-hmm. It's that mid-range, like our age, a little bit younger, a little bit older that's into the podcast, I think. Yeah. And if, if, if say you got Justin Bieber, you would get a lot of people if Justin Bieber posted it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't, you just have access to your crowd. And that's why the numbers stay pretty consistent because that's who knows what's happening. Do you ever get bummed out when you have somebody on your show and then they don't share it? No. I, I've because had, I feel weird sharing it if I'm on a show yeah. because it's like, who cares if I, you know, well, they're I, the same way. Like who cares if I, I'm not going to share it on my personal one. Cause that's kind of an asshole thing to do. But I, I've had a couple of times where like, I, I, I understand. I'm kind of like how you are with that, but I've had a couple of times where they've like said, Hey man, send me a link. I'll share it. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm like, okay. Cause I never ask. Because I figure if they're going to be on my show and they don't know me, they're coming on my show to expose themselves to new people. Mm -hmm. So why would they just spoon feed it to their fans already? Yeah. And people will find it if they're good anyway. But I've had a couple of times where people will be like, oh, man, send me a link. Shoot me a link. And I shoot them a link. And like two or three days later, I'm like, I don't want to text them and go, hey, are you going (laughs) to share it? But it's also like, you fucking ask me for the link. Yeah. I don't know. And, but some people, they, they get excited at the beginning and then they don't care. Sure. It's to me, it's my podcast Yeah, and I do it every week and it's, it, it takes up a huge part of my life to them. It's this thing they did a month ago Yeah, and now they want to share it, but then, oh, they saw a squirrel and then they, they <laughs> don't, they don't share it. You know, I went round and round with Lars for a minute, uh, from Rancid because he was wanting to share it and I'm up in a fuck like 30 feet up in a scissor lift, like working yeah. and I'm trying to send him these links and I sent it like one thing was wrong on it. And he's like, doesn't work, dude. Doesn't work. And I'm like, hold on a second. I'm on a lit. Like, give me a minute. Give yeah. me a minute. And I sent it to him. He's like, got it. Got it. But we'd be going back like six different text messages. And uh, it was just like, dude, this is hilarious. Like, you're just not getting the message across. And he finally got it. And it went up. And I was like, cool. But I had an issue with Lars when he was on my show, too, because he uh, he said, you want me to share it on my story or like a post? And I'm like, well, I'd like you to do both, mm-hmm. but do whatever you want. Yeah. And he did a story, but he like just said, check out TOTOT podcast. No tagging. Yeah. No. Just no. straight up text. Yeah. Straight yeah. up text. And I was like, OK, cool. And I text him back. I was like, is there any way like on Facebook or on Twitter or anything you could maybe put? our website or something uh, and he was totally great and he did well, it yeah he's a good person he's a good person i love that guy more than yeah. anything in the world it's just funny like i think of myself as fairly tech savvy mm-hmm. doing this has made me more social media savvy because yeah. i figured out the marketing and everything i need to do but i i always forget that not everybody is that way mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of people on the show not just like the the next generation rocker guys that are older than me or the guys below me yeah, that maybe don't understand that, Oh, I have to put the website in the post or, Oh, I have to tag the Instagram in the post. Cause yeah. the link is in the bio. Mm-hmm. This bullshit. Lars actually put the link in his bio for a week. He had mine in there I was like, too. Well, that was nice. Yeah, man. You have to do that. And then I went to Christine from Epitaph 
And I was like, yeah, I need to talk to so-and-so. I'm, yeah, Lars is coming out and Matt Freeman. Or the, she's like, wait, what? I was like, because I had asked her before like to yeah. connect us and she wouldn't do it. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go the other way. It worked. And then she's <laughs> like, what do you mean they're coming on this week? And I was like, well, I did both of them. And she wouldn't respond. And that's not a thing to her, but she, uh, they had, every once in a while going through the label is really hard as well. Yeah, so like yeah. I say, I, I just try to stick to, you know, I'll talk to someone and be like, hey, who else do you think I should talk to? And like, man, who do you want to talk to? And I'm like, well, who do you know? So-and-so? All right, I'll send a message. And then they already have someone they trust that says, hey, I had a good time doing this. You should do yeah. it. I'm like, sure, I'm home for a week. Oh, let's do it. That's been happening quite a lot lately with, mm-hmm. with my bookings is that I will get someone through a publicist. Mm-hmm. They'll say, well, they can only do 20 minutes. We talk for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Then that we, was Josh Eppard, two and a half hours. Hell yeah. Minutes. Then we text all night about stuff because mm-hmm. we're still going on with what we talked about on the show. And then they're like, you should talk to so-and-so. And then I get like a group text with somebody that I had no idea I was going to talk to. But uh-huh. then they're, it's like that, that intro. Like, yeah. cause it's not just out of the blue. It's like someone that I'm friends with is vouching for this guy. Yeah. And that, that happens quite a bit. It didn't used to happen at first, but now it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So with your, uh, with your sponsors, we, both of our shows have sponsors. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed recently you've had less going on. Do you want sponsors? Is that something you seek out? Do they, they hit you up? Like, do you, do you, I like it when I have less, Mm -hmm. but having more helps the show out a little bit more as far as like financially what you need for, because I mean, it does cost money to do podcasting. Yeah. So like much though, not much, but I like having that, that, kind of happy medium a couple sponsors mm-hmm. i've had a couple episodes where it's been really bogged down because i've just said yes to a bunch of people yeah and i want to try to squash that sure a little bit more but i try to keep it I, i've been enjoying not having to pedal anything to anybody i mean even if it's something cool like i still feel like they're there for a reason yeah and that's what i hated about talk radio is all the ads and I really hated it when the the host did it because yeah. I was like, fuck, man, I'm like, what am I listening to here? So it was cool to have sponsors for a while. And I was like, man, you know, it kind of legitimized things a little bit. But then I was thinking, like, I just like just bringing it in. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's who I talk to. You know, check out the website. Check out the socials. Uh, here it is. Yeah. You know, two minutes, three minutes. You're into the what people actually want to hear. And then uh i've had people say hey why don't you do longer intros they don't i don't like to do i've longer had people intros. tell and me to do shorter intros <laughs> i've had people tell me to do shorter intros that it's a two minute fucking intro yeah mine and sometimes are like 20 minutes <laughs> yeah but it's like it's and but that's your style like yeah. i i say enough i think on the episodes it, that the intro doesn't really matter like i'm just yeah. going to be rehashing what we talked about uh on the in the interview which they're yeah. going to hear anyway and maybe if I say too much, maybe they don't listen to the interview. Maybe they don't go all the way through it, you know. Um, you know, I'll try to shout out whenever and and uh, if someone throws something my way. But then I'm also thinking, like, how important are these sponsors to me? You know, like, do I really need people to purchase this or that? Or, or you know, like, is it making the show better? Yeah. That's kind of what I asked myself. I'm like, it really isn't. So if I don't have any, I'm fine. Like I don't seek them out really anymore. Um, 
not to say I don't want to make money doing this. Yeah. But I don't, I don't need to make money doing this. You know, if my product is good and it's people are enjoying it and I'm enjoying it, it's great. If I'm not enjoying it and people are enjoying it, I'm not going to do it just for them. Have like, you, I have to enjoy myself. Have you ever had a sponsor hit you up that you weren't into the product? I was offered two grand to do an ad for a vape company. <laughs> and I said, absolutely not. And what uh, if it was $1,500. And I said, no. And then they said two grand. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not peddling that to my, my people. Like, what if you could have done the, the copy like, sarcastically i wouldn't i don't even want to put that idea in people's heads uh you know that's something i take really seriously is is when you're when you're in radio or mainly podcasting because podcasting is long form you're doing stuff like like right now my kids are on the trampoline with the neighbor kids like screaming in the backyard right i could be out mowing the lawn listening to a podcast right now when that voice is in your head it gets into your subconscious and you start to trust that voice you know, like I was like I was saying earlier, sitting between two podcasters, you know, like it's fucking with me, like being in the it's same room with you. fucking with me too. Exactly. But he hears both our shows and we're talking to each other. It's a weird thing. But you hear that voice and you start to trust what that voice says. And that's why people can sell ads. Yeah. But also you can make people do things they don't necessarily want to do. And if I even brought up the term vaping, you know, or whatever juice this shit goes in there someone may be listening to this on a on a train or something and go to the store and they get home and try one out you know yeah and i didn't want to be a part of that so i said no and it felt weird saying no that's a good chunk of change that's a it's great chunk of change me, yeah you know? i and, mean i've had a couple people the the products are escaping my mind right now but there were a few products that weren't bad like vaping or something that i was like against yeah. but it was like why the fuck would that be on my show oh me undies they approached you? Yes. I'm wearing them right now. They are the best pair of I will say this right now. They are the fucking best underwear I've my wife and I have a subscription. Well, here's here's my thing and I have nothing against them and if anybody out there is listening cuz someone must listen t- from there because yeah. they hit me up. Uh-huh. And it was a very short correspondence and and I'm not against the company at all. I, I and I'd love to have some free underwear. But I was like, man, I just don't want to sell people underwear. I would, don't mind selling people socks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, these are the greatest. I swear. Then I'm going to have to rethink it, it. For so yeah. long. Because I was like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. there's no way they're as good as they're saying. Well, and if I hear, my wife if I got hear me Matt. A pair for Christmas, I put them on and I was like, I am wearing nothing. Like this. Yeah. How I've never had a pair of underwear that doesn't bunch up. Yeah. Or roll down or whatever. It stays where it is and it is comfortable. And I said, sign up for the subscription because this is great. I've reached out to them four times and they have never gotten back to me. Well, they are. I have now, I think, 10 pairs. That's all I wear. If my other underwear come up, I will just not shower that day and keep wearing what I have. (laughs) Well, if I hear Matt Carter say, me undies, like four more times. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Matt listens to this. He will oh. send it to him. That's man, awesome. Mandy's. Oh, dude, Matt and I go way back. It's been a long time. I wanted to try to get up to Seattle and see those guys. Yeah. It's been He's years. He's got a little studio up there. It's crazy, man. But yeah, MeUndies, fucking, fucking buy them. Okay, we'll I'll have to do now. that. So shout out to MeUndies. MeUndies, hashtag or fucking 50% off peer pleasure, whatever. 
Send him a send him a note, and uh, if you're wearing them right now, I could use some more. Have you sixteen bucks a pair for members is still <laughs> fucking expensive, and I will pay it because it's fucking great. Have you ever bought a product because of an ad you heard on a podcast? Oh man, that's a good one. I have, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I got some of that lion's mane mushroom tea because Jamie Jostin won't shut the fuck up. About oh Jesus. It. <laughs> Yeah, what was it? It was something on uh I did something on Legal Zoom. Okay. Because of Oh, Joe I did Rogan. Squarespace because and, of uh, uh how how did this Squarespace. get made? Squarespace. Yeah, the first website was Squarespace. I used Squarespace. Um shit. What else was there was another product you got like 40% off of. I never used it again, but I can't remember. There's been a couple times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's on podcasts I would listen to a lot and they just drilled it into me and I'm finally like, okay, 50% off, I'll try it. Oh, on it. On it was the other one. I tried that. What is that? It's Joe Rogan's company or he's invested in it. It's okay. O N N I T. And uh as long as we're doing ads here, uh <laughs> on it.com, uh keyword Rogan for 15% off your order. Um ordered the mood uh stuff it's like this uh b vitamin complex thing and they let you if you if you don't like it you send them back the empty bottle and they'll refund your whole money wow so i was like there's nothing to lose here and i tried it and it was cool but i never bought it again but uh are you a cbd guy i'm cbd to the point where i can still pass a drug test okay so i have working in construction and i feel like cbd is like the highest sponsor content on podcast that and uh uh casper mattress <laughs> yeah i don't have a casper i do have a stump town mattress yeah, stump town yeah yeah they were a sponsor for a while and they're great they're all i i they were like yeah we really don't have money to put an average on like that's not that's the other hard thing to explain is i don't want your money i never want I money. like your product yeah i would love to try it out and talk about it and that's what i did and then i was like after a while i'm like man i'm really talking about mattresses a lot do people care and people wrote in and were like yeah i'm gonna try this out you know but uh i sleep sleep well on it still it's awesome it's one of the coolest things and then this uh yeah there's other stuff in the works uh we can talk about later but like the the um the stuff that comes your way through this is crazy and it's genuine i think that's why i like i was telling you i 136 episodes 98 percent of the people i've had on i still communicate with at least once a month text email whatever how you doing what's going on with this and that's just because we had a genuine interaction, just like, how'd you guys meet? Oh, we were on a train together, talked for, or on a flight. Yeah. Same fucking thing. It's not a, here's your day sheet. Here's who you're talking to. It becomes something more than that. Yeah. And that's what's, what's fucking awesome. Well, I would like to include you in a little bit of this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand you my mic after I ask you a question. So I would like to, you know, you find yourself in a weird spot right now. <laughs> in a garage on a stool, my a few, work stool. A few days ago, you didn't know me. You didn't do, know Dewey. You had listened to a few of our episodes. So just for posterity and so the listeners know that this is a really cool story, I'd like you to kind of tell how you and I are even hanging out together, if you wouldn't mind. I will accept this microphone just to make it retroactively less awkward Except that I've Chris been staring at you guys for the last <laughs> hour. <laughs> and I have to admit that um, I am an employee of MeUndies. I don't even live in Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> they sent me to find you and bring you to Dewey. Um, no, I, uh, 
I think I found both of your podcasts through uh, just searching for Chris Conley from Saves the Day because um, those first three Saves the Day albums especially were huge, huge hugely important for me. Oh, and then, oh, yeah. and, and even more so now, I feel like he is like a guru of our generation, I think. And if this episode, you know, makes people search those out and listen to them, then this was all worth it for me. But um, yeah, and so uh, I've only heard a few of yours, and, and I've been listening to yours off and on, you know, if I know know mm-hmm. the people um, for the last year or two. And um, yeah, oh, but so this just uh, this last Monday, you interviewed Josh Hagquist from The Beautiful Mistake, and um, I haven't spoken to him in 15 years, but um, I'm I'm hoping to now that they're they're back together and they're going to be touring and hopefully when they come through the Northwest I'll get to see them and um, but yeah at the end of that episode you said you were going to be in Corvallis and I I, did, I was listening to it that afternoon um, I thought I'll reach out and I'm glad I did so that's why we're here right now. <laughs> and I just want to say thanks because honestly, I'm on a family vacation with my mother. It's a birthday vacation because she had her birthday yesterday. She's 66. And uh, I I love my family and I figured I'd just be hanging out in Corvallis by myself for like a week. But I've made a great friend and you and I, I feel like we're super close friends, but I, it's just over text and shit. And yeah. now we actually yeah. get to see each other. And it's funny how that works. It's a cool thing. But yeah. uh well, I mean, I, I guess that's probably a good a place as any to kind of call it a close, sure. you know? I think we've talked about quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts or any questions or anything that you'd like to know about? Uh, I'm currently wearing the taco and hot sauce MeUndies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so fucking hit me up. No, uh, no podcasts keep coming out as I can do them. Uh, I, every once in a while, I take a week or two off without notice, which is, you know, whatever. But um yeah, nothing, nothing really final. I mean, this has been a good chat. Yeah, it's Just been a, great. I, I think weird. we covered a lot of really cool stuff that maybe hasn't been covered on either of our shows before, yeah. too. Yeah, and this That's, will come out on both our shows. So Yeah, crossover episode. Jabberjaw bros, yes. man. <laughs> and I do want to tell, I, don't, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So this new kind of venture that I'm doing where I'm mixing and mastering mm-hmm. and editing and the doing whatever. Stuff. I, I didn't want Mike or anybody to get mad because I kind of motor mouth digital jabber jaw media. Uh-huh. The alliteration I liked from jabber jaw. And I was yeah. sitting with my wife one night and my wife goes, you could just do motor mouth. No one would get mad. It's not the same thing. And I went, <laughs> you're right. So I did that. And I, I wonder, I want to get a hold of Mike and see if he even, what he would think of that. We can call him up right now. Maybe we'll call Mike up and see what's going on. I want to have Mike on the show. I know you've had Mike on yeah. the show. Yeah. I need to do that. Yeah. He was still going through his time though. So he was, yeah, he was all over the place. Yeah. Well, everybody out there, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of that one time on tour and pure pleasure podcast. This is a crossover episode. Dewey, thank you so much for being on the show. Mark, thank you so much as well. I feel like I've got a really good new friend and I love Oregon and who knows, maybe I'll end up moving out here at some point. Yeah. You're always welcome. <laughs> awesome. We will see you guys later. Thanks a lot. Peace. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris Swinney and myself from that one time on tour podcast uh, crossover episode. Congratulations to Chris. It's his number 100 and uh, cool to be a part of that uh, with him. I've been on the show once before. 
And it was cool to get together in person, meet for the first time in person, and then also do the podcast. So check out that one time on tour. Thank you so much for coming back week after week, guys. And I want to say it one more time. I think uh, this stay-at-home thing is a good thing. We need to uh, do that. We need to stay home. A lot of people have been doing live streams and finding new ways to make money and to stay afloat during this time. I know a lot of people laid off or waiting on unemployment checks, and you know, no one was prepared for this. And it's no one's fault, and we just need to get through this together. It's going to make us stronger. And like I said, I think a lot of things are going to restructure. So thank that person at the grocery store once a week when you go out and, and you know putting themselves on the front lines. That's a big deal. If you have healthcare workers in your family, thank them as well. And I say the same thing. Thank you to all of you guys who have been helping us get through this, putting yourself in harm's way so we can get food, get medical care, and saving lives. And people that have been getting sick from helping other people. I mean, what a sacrifice. It's, in, it's insane. And so this is an unprecedented time, guys. And, and we're really going to see what we're made of when we come out of this. So keep your head up, hit me up, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com if you need to talk. And uh, as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio. Hey, this is Doc Coyle, host of the X-Man Podcast and part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. The X-Man Podcast is where I talk to professionals in the music world and other creative industries about the challenges and transitions of leaving monumental ventures. This podcast is for those passionate and driven 20 to 30-somethings at a crossroad trying to figure out what's next. Listen and subscribe at jabberjawmedia.com.